grit. That's the word Tom Coughlin used when he talked about the Jaguars three years ago. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. This team is going to have to depend on grit and a lot much more than that if they're going to make the playoffs. The Jags right now are two games behind the division leaders, Indy and the Houston Texans. Furthermore, they're going to have to win that division if they want to make it into the playoffs because I don't think a wild card is going to cut it with the way that this playoff scenario is starting to shape up. Jacksonville has a lot of work to do. And if they don't get it together real soon, we may be looking at an entire different Jaguars team next year. And we may be looking at an entire different front office moving forward. It is a very critical time for Jacksonville. And it's critical for a number of reasons. Uh, One of those reasons is the fact that this regime has tried to come in and set an example of leading with discipline. It hasn't necessarily worked out because this might be the most disciplined team you've seen in three years, and they can't win. They can't win consistently. The fan base is divided on who should be playing quarterback, and I think a lot of that is based on emotion as opposed to coaching skill level because we could never know what a coach feels about two different players that are vying for the same position. I mean, if you think about it when you're a parent, you know your kids' weaknesses and strengths. I would trust that this coaching staff knows the weaknesses and strengths of both of those players, and they're putting the best player forward that they believe can win uh, games for them because they absolutely have to. I don't even believe that after this year you could justify not making a coaching change or not making front office changes if these teams don't win. Now, listen, to me, Dave Caldwell, with the way I understand that the structure of this team works, I'm going to give him credit for all of the players over the last two years that have panned out because I honestly and truly believe that at the end of the day, he's a scout scout. That's how he cut his teeth in the league. He's a scout scout. And while I I contend that he's made some mistakes because maybe he's subscribed to some formulas that guys before him or guys that he trusted or he learned from, like Bill Polian, they didn't always work because the game changes. I believe in the last couple of years he's adjusted and it started really, really making a lot of difference and a lot of change and maybe listening to his scouts more. That being said, he's hit on some people. He really has. And if you're going to keep him in the past when he didn't seem to hit on that many, it'd be odd for you to let him go when he does seem to hit on more than the normal. Now, I'll tell you this, and I'll give you this information. This weekend's game against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville is extremely, extremely important. You don't want the Titans of all teams to be the team that takes their foot and sticks it in the small of your back and pushes you off the cliff. Jacksonville has a bad, bad history with Tennessee. This cannot be the team, in my opinion, that pushes them further and further toward elimination. 
Now, this would be a moot point that Jacksonville won both of the games the last two weeks against Indy and Houston, who are the teams that are in front of them. But even if they won one of those games, it would seem like this game would still be of the, of the utmost importance and one that they really, really needed to win. Of all teams, don't let Tennessee be the team that makes sure that you're mathematically eliminated. And, by the way, they'll be helping themselves because they're actually 5-5 five and five, a game ahead of you. They're a game behind those other two teams. They're in the mix. Come on, Jaguars. Man, we can't let we can't go out this way. We just absolutely can't. Do it for the pride of Duval. No matter what you say or what you do, it is imperative that the Jacksonville Jaguars win this game this week against the hated Tennessee Titans. And whatever you do, do not let these guys be the reason that you don't make it to the playoffs or have a chance to make it to the playoffs. I mean, it just can't happen. It, it, it absolutely can not happen. All right, we got a crossover edition coming up uh, with TikTok Titans. It's Titans Week, and it's for all the marbles. So what we're going to do is buckle those seatbelts up and get ready for the Tennessee Titans Week crossover. I got to tell you about our friends over at Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on during checkout. Listen, listening on the go, if that's what you're doing, if you can't visit away right now, you can find this and all the all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, stand by for me, my man at TikTok Titans. We're going to talk a little bit of Jacksonville, Tennessee. It's a playoff atmosphere this weekend, so stand by. I got to remind you, though, that during – Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday money. If you lose, congrats again, because guess what? My bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy money. That's right. Love talking about gravy on Thanksgiving. All right, so here's what you do. Log in to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code locked on. And mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk free bet. Let me repeat that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie, where you play, you win, and you get paid. Welcome to a crosstalk edition of enemies. That's right, mortal enemies. I call them the uh, ingrown toenail of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is the Tennessee Titans. I'm blessed to be uh, on with my man Tyler Roten from Locked On. Tyler, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, you know, just ready to. Uh, the Titans were obviously on a bye last week, and while it's good to have a little bit of a break in the season, at this point in time, I'm I'm ready for some football, ready to get my Titans back on the field and have a game to watch this weekend. All right, so look, everybody has a lot at stake, the Jaguars and the Titans. I, I, I put in my podcast today that I find it ironic 
that the Jaguars have to actually go to Tennessee, which is the mortal enemy of this franchise. And you can go all the way back to the late 90s to find out why. It's almost as if this would be a fitting way for the Tennessee Titans to kick the Jaguars in the lower back and say, bye-bye, get out of here. The Jaguars really, really need this win. They needed the last two, and they didn't get them. But they really, really need this win this week in Tennessee. And Tennessee actually needs this win in order to keep that pressure on those two teams in front of them. Yeah, I would say that's the case. Both teams have to win this game if they want to continue to be relevant in the playoff discussion. That's kind of the bottom line at this moment in time. The Jaguars don't have a lot of division games left. I believe you have one more against Indy and then, you know, this one coming up on Sunday. And the Titans do have a lot of those division games left, but that just shows the importance of of this going forward. I think both teams need to focus on trying to win the division it's still obtainable for both so obviously a a must-win situation for the Jags and the Titans yeah it is a must-win situation and uh, is that hatred reciprocated by the way I keep mentioning the fact that everyone here we 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 call them ingrown toenail we call them mayonnaise people and all that by the way I'm gonna end up asking you what's with the mayonnaise because I don't quite get that but you I'm sure you can explain it to me but the thing is 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 the hatred or is the thought that that's the big rival, is that reciprocated? Do Tennessee fans think of Jacksonville the same way? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I think the reason for that is the Texans lately, since they've you know been a franchise at least recently here, they've been winning the division. They've been competitive every year, even with rotating quarterbacks. The Colts obviously over the rest of the division have a lot of bragging rights with the you know the success they've had as a franchise so i think that kind of leaves the titans and the jags as kind of the two that are fighting to be that third best team here recently i know with our you know going back past the texans uh history that would you know kind of cancel that out the titans and the jags have been around longer and everything but i think the the jaguars and the titans are similar franchises and they're kind of both fighting for that third place of respectability against uh, the other teams in the division. So I do think it's reciprocated. I think me personally, I want the Titans to beat the Jags more than I care about the other two teams in the division. And I, I say, I would say I speak for the fan base that the Jags just happen to be the Titans most hated team. uh, Even if some other teams we've played more and had bigger games against that there's something about the Jags. I I agree with you. It's reciprocated on our side. Well, it's a four o'clock game. Uh, by the way, Nashville is a great city. Our fans love going there. And um, we actually have videotape of one of our biggest fans here, my man Cal, actually punched somebody in the face oh, in, the bath- in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he was – he didn't start it, but he finished it. And he had perfect form with that. So, uh, you know, the fans here, they, they love the fact that they have this built-in rivalry. It's one of those rivalries that that aren't one of those, you know, obviously that go 50 years like the Redskins and the Cowboys or the Redskins and the Giants because, you know, of reconstruction and the league being the way it is. But I often remind people around here that the Jags were 15 and three one year. And the one that one year, they lost three, three games to the Tennessee Titans. Right. Yep. So there's a player that's from. 15 miles north of Jacksonville, named Derrick Henry, yes, who's sir. a big part of what you guys do. Are you guys salivating when you see the fact that the Jaguars gave up two straight 
100 yard runs. Two and one, two and one week, by the way, to Indianapolis. Yeah. Two guys got 100 yards last week. Are you guys salivating at the 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 fact that Derrick Henry has had success against Jackson, Jacksonville and Jacksonville is struggling right now? It as as a Titans fan and someone who who covers the team, it seems like a perfect storm for the Titans to continue the momentum that they've had since Tannehill took over. As you mentioned, the Jaguars struggled mightily last week against the run. They're giving up 134 yards per game, 29th in the NFL right now on the ground. If you're a Titans fan, you're a Titans team. I would imagine the coaches as well. Just with that. That rivalry in the past few years, the way Derrick Henry is dominated, uh, combined with how the defense is setting up for the Jags right now, I, I do think, and me personally, I'm expecting a lot from Derrick Henry this week. And he has been the heart and soul of this team. He's fifth in the NFL right now with 132 yards rushing, kind of like how Leonard Fournette is for you guys. He's the heart and soul of the team, and the team kind of goes as Derrick Henry is going. So you hope that with the struggles the Jags have had you know, stopping the run combined with what the Titans offense what wants to do in the history of success, that it'll be a, a good opportunity for Henry to, to have a big game. That, that's a great point that you make because I've often said that if the Jaguars want to be successful, Leonard Fournette needs to be what Marshawn Lynch was to Seattle, and that is the heartbeat of the team. That means offensively and defensively, everyone feeds off of him. Now, I got to get to the quarterback position, and then in our next segment, I'm going to let you grill me and ask me a bunch of questions, but uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, obviously, you know, replacing Marcus Mariota, who who just hasn't really panned out as the number two pick overall. Ryan Tannehill has actually come in there, and believe it or not, no matter what we think of his shortcomings, he's kind of been a pretty good fit in terms of it, I, I hear your dog telling me we need to go to break, but we're not going yet. But uh, He was more of a Mariota fan anyway. Yeah, 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 I hear him. I hear him, right? I got my dog, too. I love my dog, my dog, Lexi. But listen, Tannehill was a wide receiver. He's gritty. He's athletic. You saw in the Kansas City game, and I watched it. It just seems like the team kind of responded to him a little bit more from a attaboy or from an athletic standpoint than they did with Mark, Marcus Mariota. Is he the long-term answer? And if he's not, is he the short-term answer to get them to the playoffs this year? You know, there's a lot up in the air with that, I would say, through the next six games. Me, personally, if I'm the one making decision, I am not counting on Ryan Tannehill as being a long-term option. But I do think that it would be wise to extend him past this year, probably on a two-year deal, somewhere between 15 to $20 million a year, a bargain for an NFL quarterback, um, and then go ahead and draft a rookie, whether you do that this year with the kind of class that's coming in this year, you wait until you get some guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields the year after that. Either way, I, I think the wise move from, from right now, because you look at Ryan Tannehill, I mean, he's been a top half of the league quarterback in his four starts. It's just four starts, I realize, but at this time, I think it's pretty clear that you want to extend Tannehill for a couple of years, uh, probably one or two more at a decent rate, and then draft your your rookie and try to get him ready to go as soon as possible. All right, we're talking Tyler Rowland from Lockdown Titans. This is Tony Wiggins for Lockdown Jaguars. Buckle your seatbelts. we got some more stuff. When we get back, Tyler's going to ask me a bunch of questions about this Jaguars team, and then we're going to make a prediction at the end of that segment of this week's game. We'll do that in the crossover edition of Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Titans.
We are back here in our crossover Wednesday event. I am your host of the Locked On Titans podcast, Tyler Rowland, here with Tony Wiggins of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. Tony, we were talking in the last segment. You were asking me some questions about the Titans team. So I just want to kind of turn that around and ask you some questions here, get your thoughts on the Jags so far. The big thing that stands out to me, I guess, when I'm taking a look at the Jags and how they progress since our meeting in week three is um, obviously you guys have gone back to Nick Foles. I thought Gardner Minshew did a pretty good job while he was in for, you know, his circumstances being a six round rookie and everything like that. What are your current feelings right now? Or what are Jags fans feelings on, on the quarterback switch and and who should honestly be this team's quarterback going forward? I think it's split about 70, 30 and the 70% of the people says that you probably should have stayed with Gardner Minshew. Now, a lot of that is emotional. These fans have looked for something to hang their hat on. They've looked for something to grasp on because, you know, the bottom line is the Jaguars have had like four or five great seasons in 20, in 20 years. So what the fans here have been wanting is something they could grasp a hold. And they saw that mustache and they saw those headbands and they saw that improvisation and they said, that's it. It seems fun. It seems fun. Right, right. Well, the bottom line is, Tyler, They paid $88 million for Nick Foles. The people like me that stood on the sideline at training camp when there weren't a bunch of fans out there and and on days when there weren't fans at all, Nick Foles was better than than, uh, Gardner Minshew, period. There were some of us that thought Gardner Minshew was fighting for the second string spot with uh, Alex Magoo, who's now uh, the backup in, uh, in Houston. So... I think what happened with the Jaguars, they got too happy this week. They only ran Leonard Fournette nine times. They ran the ball nine times total, and they threw it 49 times. That's getting too happy, and that's a problem. You can't expect a guy, I don't care if he's Joe Montana, uh, uh, Tom Brady, you can't let a guy be out nine weeks and then let him throw the ball 49 times and think you're going to win. That's not going to work. Yeah, that seems like that wouldn't be a smart game plan there, and you would hope that the coaches will have a a more realistic game plan against the Titans going forward. One question I do have for you, though, where the offense is struggling, and obviously the Jaguars will have to correct this through the second half of the season, is in the red zone. Uh, They're last right now in the red zone in the NFL and and converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. What is it about you know, the, the red zone that's kind of causing them to have that 34% conversion rate and not being able to put the ball in the end zone when they get an opportunity. Now, that I will revert back to Gardner Minshew. That's the inexperience. That's where being a, a, a six-round pick and, and the you know, he, he has a lot of moxie and he has a lot of good stuff. The one thing he doesn't do is play on schedule. He plays better when he's off schedule. That's that whole Mike Leach reading the field. He's almost like a coach on the field. The problem with that is this. When you get in the red zone, you're not playing 11 people. You're playing 12. The 12th man is the boundary in the back. Now, all of that stuff that you do, the improvisation, you have an extra person, per se, with the boundary line in the back of the end zone that you have to deal with. So that's that whole number, that's pretty much, in my opinion, on the fact that it's Gardner because he's more comfortable playing off schedule than he is on schedule. And you know when you get in those areas, you really have to be on schedule and understand exactly what it is you're trying to do. 
Yeah, you have to execute um, pretty perfectly in the red zone a lot, which is one thing I can't say. I have to be happy with the Titans since Tannehill took over. They're 10 and 10 in the red zone. I, I'm not quite certain how it's all happening, but uh, they, they seem to be having success. That's a big part of it. Yeah, definitely will hope that, you know, Nick Foles and his high level of experience will be able to help that going forward. On the defensive side of the football, the Jaguars obviously have a great pass defense. That's something that's carried over. But when I saw the trade of, of Jalen Ramsey, um, and some of the turnover on the defense, I figured that the passing defense would be what started to struggle uh, on the on that side of the football for the Jags. But it seems that the the rushing defense is is actually what's hurting the most right now. As I mentioned earlier, giving up you know 134 yards per game on the ground. The front seven doesn't seem to have changed very much from the previous years of dominant defenses. Why do you think the the front seven all of a sudden is struggling with run defense so bad? Well, there's, there's a few things. One is when you lose Jalen Ramsey, you can look at the stats and justify the fact that, okay, they don't miss him. But when you look at football and understand, it's like fantasy football versus real football. Real football, people understand that he's not over there, okay? So right. Trey Herndon has three interceptions since Jalen's been gone. You know why Jalen doesn't have any interceptions? People don't really come don't at him like that. Right. So that that is, is one thing. The other thing is this. The Jaguars are built to rush the passer. The Jaguars aren't built to stop the run. And the, the one guy that they had that could really do both was Marcel Darius. Marcel Darius is out. He's on IR right now with a core injury he had surgery for. So now you look at a bunch of pass rushers, a bunch of three techniques, and – a linebacker core that spends 70% of the time in nickel. You got Miles Jack in the middle, which most people think he's better suited for a wheel linebacker spot. They're just devoid right in the middle of their defense because 70% of the time they're playing small. They don't play a big nickel where they bring in an extra safety. They actually bring in an extra corner in DJ Hayden. So the bottom line is this. They're susceptible to the run. And teams are going at them. Uh, uh, Carlos Hyde had 163 yards two weeks ago in London. Last week, they gave up almost 250 yards, and it was to two different backs. Marlon Mack had over 100 yards, and he broke his hand and left, and then some dude right. came into the game, and he had only had one yard coming into the season. He ended up with 100. So now teams are licking their chops saying, we're going to run. The Jaguars are going to have to make those adjustments. Not having a superb corner like Jalen Ramsey on the back end is now going to hurt them because now teams are going to start hitting with a bunch of body punches just to see if they can take it. And if they start moving people up to try to supplement that, you're going to see them get hurt over the top. Get taken advantage of in the play action game too, absolutely. Well, one thing I do want to ask you about, you talk about losing Jalen Ramsey. That is a superstar on your team. But one guy I want to mention who can definitely wreck the Titans if things go in the Jags' favor is a superstar that it does seem like you guys have, have developed, and that's DJ Chark. Uh, he's got 51 catches, uh, close to 800 yards receiving, eight touchdowns on the year. I mean, he just looks like an absolute stud. What's happened to, it seems like with, the first game of the year with Foles, he was great too, and he was just great with Foles again. So it doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is. What has allowed Chark to become basically a star wide receiver for you guys? I think Keenan McCardell needs to get a lot of credit for his development, the wide receivers coach for the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Keenan, uh, last year when I saw Chark, and look, I'm not a, a pro talent evaluator, 
but it always looked like his lower body wasn't wasn't as strong as it needed to be. And he people could knock him off his line a little bit. You can't do that now. He's confident. You can't knock him off his line. If you throw a 50-50 ball, he's going to catch it. He also has the awareness to catch those back shoulder throws. And then he's a 4-3-5 guy. So if you watch the game the other day, he'll catch a crossing pattern and he'll split that defense. He scored a touchdown like he did the other day for 30 yards. I think DJ Chart right now is a top 10 receiver in this league. And I think uh, him, along with Gardner Minshew and along with Josh Allen, might be the reason that general manager Dave Caldwell keeps his job right. because you definitely can't fire a guy if he's picked guys in the last year or two that are panning out the way that those young kids are panning out. And they just might save him even if it doesn't save everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're developing talent, you're finding talent like that, you definitely have to give that general manager a chance to build out his roster. And that's one thing that I'm happy that the Titans allowed John Robinson to do over time. Well, I guess we can jump into some predictions here. Um, just see what, you know, what we think the game is going to play out like some final scores. What do you kind of think you see this game playing out like, and, and what do you think your final score prediction is? I, I, yeah, I don't know what the weather is in Nashville, but I, I know what it's been like around here. I'm guessing that a four o'clock start won't benefit Jacksonville. And it'll be a little bit cooler and it'll be a little bit ugly, which will take the air out of the ball, which probably benefits Tennessee a little bit. So I'm going to go 23-17 Titans. Even though I want Jacksonville to win, I got to be realistic, and I got to keep it true to my people. What you got? Uh, I, you know, what's crazy is my, my score prediction isn't too far off there. I think that it'll be ugly early, and then there will be some mistakes uh, in the second and third quarters. I think both teams will have a turnover. Uh, just, I, I think that's the way it'll be. And I see the Titans pulling it out 24 to 20. I think the Jags will be down probably 24, 13, and then score a touchdown with, you know, five, six minutes left, put the pressure on the Titans, which would be a smart move. If you put the pressure on the Titans offense, they've come up lately, but you know, I, I can't count on them, um, week to week to, to make sure they're always there. So if the Jags are able to put some pressure on them in the second half, they might be able to pull out a victory, but 24 to 20 with Derrick Henry, you know, having some success and kind of salting the clock away at the end is, is how I would see it playing out. All right. So we, we got that out of the way. I, I, I promise people something. I hate doing promises and not fulfilling them. What's this sure. whole deal? What's this whole deal with mayonnaise? Please explain it to me. You know, man, I, I wish I had a good explanation for you. Me as a human being, I hate mayonnaise. I, I love mayonnaise. I see, I, I, I know. But I, I, I want to dive into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I wish I had I wish I had something good for you on that note, but I don't understand it. Um I, I can't even begin to explain what the deal is. I don't like mayonnaise myself, and I don't understand any kind of craze involved with it either so i wish i had more for you but I, I just don't get it all right so if i make a trek to nashville i know you got a good steakhouse for me right and i love tequila so can we hang out oh yeah absolutely we can we can catch a steak or for me personally i'm a simple guy i love some barbecue so you know we can uh we can get some barbecue we could we could get a steakhouse if that's what you're into uh, i'll be drinking gin you have some tequila and we'll have a good time <laughs> All right, Tyler. Tyler Rowe from Locked on Jaguars. I'm on Locked on Titans. 
Tony Wiggins, Lanthorne Jaguars. Tyler's been fun, man. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure we'll see each other soon. Maybe whether it's at the senior bowl at the draft, we'll get in contact with each other. But I'm glad our fans had the chance to enjoy this. All right. This is a crossover edition of Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Titans. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll obviously be back with you later on this week.